Welcome to Working the Word with Jonathan Vorse. Join us now for service already in progress at Lakewood Church of God. I want to talk about the presence of God, about responding to the presence of God, and about practicing the presence of God. Jim Cimbala, some, some of you know who he is, most of you don't. Jim Cimbala is the pastor of the church there in Times Square that has the Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir. So he's, he's the pastor of Brooklyn Tabernacle. Now, how many of you have ever heard Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir? You've heard the choir, right? Very famous choir. He writes this. He says, Too much of our religious life is made up of programs and human ideas, talents and strategies. While these have value, they pitifully fail to meet the need of the house. What is missing today is something from heaven itself. Something from God, the Holy Spirit, that fills and floods our lives. This has always been God's design for His church. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. I'm going to talk to you tonight out of Psalms chapter 84. Let's pray. Father, we come to you now in the name of Jesus, and we thank you, Lord, that your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. I pray, God, that you would touch me to be able to effectively communicate your word tonight. Lord, I know the people have come with prepared hearts or they wouldn't be here. I pray, Lord, that their hearts would get full tonight, that their spirit would get full of the word that they hear tonight. And may it have its intended effect upon them, we pray. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. David made this statement in Psalms chapter 84. He said, How amiable are thy tabernacles, O Lord of hosts. My soul longeth, yea, even fainteth for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh crieth out for the living God. When I read that, when I read just those first two verses of Psalms chapter 84, I can relate to that because I know what it's like to get to the point where all that really matters is that God is interacting in your life. King David was at this point. He said, how amiable in a, are your tabernacles, O Lord of hosts. And then he says, my soul longs for you. Of course, the soul is the seat of the mind and the will and the emotions. And so he was saying, my mind is longing for you. My will is longing for you. My emotions are, are longing for you. He said, my soul is longing for you, even fainting or fainteth for the courts of the Lord. So he's talking about the presence of God. The courts of the Lord or the court is where the king dwells. It's where the presence of the king is. And so David was saying, my soul is longing for you and I'm fainting for your presence. I want your presence. I want the manifestation of your presence. Now, I know that somebody could say to me and they would be accurate. They could say to me, well, don't we carry the presence of God with us all day long every day? After all, we're the temple of God and we're the place where God dwells. That is correct. But what I'm talking about is the outward manifestation of the presence of God. I'm not just talking about God living inside of us and dwelling in us. I'm talking about God being active in our life. I'm talking about Him moving in our life, Him working in our life, about us being hungry for the things of God, about us being hungry for revival, about us being hungry for the Word of God. I'll touch it a little bit on Sunday, but you know, the Bible said that Jesus was in the temple every single day. Jesus went to church every single 
day, every day. And then in Acts, I believe it's Acts chapter 5, the Bible says that after, uh, after the Holy Spirit had been poured out, that the disciples continued that practice. They were in the house of God every single day. I have, I have a hard time understanding people who say that they love God who don't want to be around the house of God. It doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't make sense to me. David, he said, my soul longs for you. My heart longs for you. I'm fainting. It faints inside of me because I'm longing for your presence. I'm longing for the courts of my God. And then he goes on, he says, my heart and my flesh cries out for the living God. He said, they're crying out for the living God. In other words, there's something inside of me that's reaching for you, God. That's how revival comes is when a church gets to the point where, they're, that where they don't care about anything else but just reaching for God. Now, I'm not saying you don't care about your family and I'm not saying you don't care about taking your business, but I'm, I'm saying that all of a sudden the move of God becomes a priority in their life. The hunger for God, the desire for God, the passion for God, the move for God. We can get so busy. I almost said so stinking busy, so I said it, see? But we can get so stinking busy, can't we? We can get so busy with our life. We can get so busy working, trying to pay the bills, trying to keep mama happy, trying to make sure the daddy's taken care of, and all of it. We can get so busy being busy that if we don't watch it, God begins to creep down our priority list instead of keeping him up there where he belongs. God needs to be number one in our life. God needs to be priority in our life. You know, our passion for God, our hunger for God, our desire for God needs to be number one in our life. And this is what David was saying here. He was saying that I'm praising God and I'm longing for God and I'm longing for His house and my heart and my flesh cries out for the living God. Then verses number 3 and number 4 talks about the blessing that comes upon people that are like that. He says, Yea, the sparrow hath found a house, and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may lay her young, even thine altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. And then verse number 4 says this, Blessed are they that dwell in thy house, they will be still praising thee, Selah. So what he was saying here was blessed or empowered to prosper or empowered to joy or empowered to the goodness of God or the grace of God or the love of God or the mercy of God. That's where the blessing is. The blessing is in the presence of God. It's in the active presence of God in our life every single day. So it starts with a longing for God. It starts with an appetite for God. It starts with a hunger for God. And that hunger, that longing, that appetite, that desire for God translates into the activity of actually coming to the house of God and getting in the house of God or in your prayer closet at home. See, it's not possible, I understand, it's not possible in the day and age in which we live for you to come to church every single day of your life. I know that's not the way that life is today. But let me tell you something. You can involve God in your life every single day of your life. You can make Him priority in your life every single day of your life. You know, He wants to be. He wants to be. You know, God loves you. He cares about you. It's kind of like, you know, it, it, we're, we're the bride of Christ. 
We're the bride of Christ. We're a spouse to him. I'm, he, he wants to be with us. He wants to spend time with us. He's crazy about us. And it hurts him when we don't spend time with him. As we long for him, as we desire for him, as we reach out for him, as, we, as the scriptures say, as we long for him, just like that, he's longing for us. He's waiting for us to make that move to him. He's waiting for us to slow down enough to where he can minister to us. Blessed are they that dwell in thy house. They will be still praising thee. Some people say, well, I just don't understand why the blessing of the Lord isn't there. Well, maybe it's because you're not in the house of the Lord. Maybe it's because you're not letting God set up house in your house. You're not letting God set up house in your life. You're not letting Him be the God of your life. You're not letting Him be the Lord of your life and the Lord of your decisions and all of those things. The Bible said the blessing comes upon those that dwell in the house of the Lord. And what that's saying is the blessing of God comes upon those who hang around and dwell and live in the active presence of God. The active presence of God. You know, your car can be a temple of God. Your car can be a temple of learning. You know, sometimes some of us have to travel back and forth to Tampa. Sometimes I have to go down to the state office, and that's 55 minutes when there's no problems with traffic. When there is problems with traffic, that can get to be two hours. That used to frustrate me. It doesn't frustrate me anymore. You know why? I just downloaded a whole bunch of stuff on my phone. Here's some good teaching and some good preaching and some good worship. And I just switch it over and put it on Bluetooth and it becomes my temple of learning. You know, it's amazing. I don't have near the problem with traffic that I used to. In fact, there are times I'm going down the road and I'm thinking, man, I'm here already. (laughs) Dwelling in the house of the Lord dwelling in the place of God's presence. Verse number 5 says, Blessed is the man whose strength is in thee, and whose heart are the ways of him, who passing through the valley of Baca make it a well, the rain also filleth the pools. They go from strength to strength, every one of them in Zion appeareth before God. What this is talking about is blessed is the man who makes his way to the house of the Lord. So, You can be blessed on your journey, on your journey. Look at it. Blessed is the man whose strength is in thee, whose heart are the ways of him, who passing through the valley makes it a well. The rain fills the pools. They go from strength to strength. Every one of them in Zion appeareth before God. So we talk about the blessing upon the pilgrimage to God's house. Sometimes in our access to the presence of God, sometimes in our journey to getting closer to God, sometimes in our journey to experiencing the manifested presence of God, we run into a hiccup every now and then. I was talking to Donna the other day. I asked her if she wanted to preach. She came up with a pretty good, pretty good message. And, you know, she used to do this all the time, way back years and years ago. God would give her a message and she would write it out and then she would give it to me and she would say, you need to go preach this. Finally, I looked at her one day. I said, God's not, not, not going to keep giving you messages for me to go preach. You're going to have to get up there and open your mouth and let God pour it through you. But we were talking the other day. I think it was yesterday or the day before. We're going down the road and we're talking and, uh, and we're talking about drawing water from the well. 
We're talking about how, you know, getting fresh water from the well, uncontaminated water from the well, how that we need to go back to the well, how that we need to experience the presence of God in a fresh way and in a new way, and we need to tap into what God's trying to do. And I just looked at her and I said, you know, that'd be a good message. And she said, yeah, I think so. I said, you know, you could call it, are you drawing water from the well or are you trying to just get it from the hole in, a hole in the ground? And she looked at me and she just shook her head like that. But the truth is, sometimes on your journey to the presence of God, every place that you stop is not a place that you should drink from. I said, in your journey to the presence of God, to the manifestation of the presence of God, just because somebody walks across your path and hollers, whoop, and they think it's God, and you might want to think that it's God, doesn't mean that you're supposed to receive ministry from that person. You've got to be very careful. You have to be very discerning. God's trying to do a new thing in the earth. God's trying to pour out His Spirit in a fresh way. He's trying to feed us fresh manna. God's trying to do something brand new. He's trying to put His church back under an open heaven again. We had a fantastic revival about 15 or 20 years ago, maybe even 30 years ago, but it's, we're due now. The church is due for another outpouring of the Spirit of God. The church is due for another fresh rain from heaven. And God's trying to do it right here at Lakewood. God's trying to do it in friends of mine's churches. I'll talk to them all around the nation. I'll be talking to them and we'll be talking. Sometimes I'm, you see me up here texting, you know, and some people say, well, you shouldn't text in church. Well, I'm sorry, honey, it's 2017. And sometimes I'm standing up there texting different pastors from different parts of the country and they're telling me, man, God's rocking this place this morning. How you doing there, Jonathan? And I'm talking to friends sometimes all over the nation on Sunday morning about how God's moving in, in their church and in their area and in their state and what God is doing there. And every now and then I'll, be, I'll text them and say, God's jacking this place up this morning. What's up, guys? You know, and we just talk back and forth and we text. And you know what? That's happening more and more frequently. Why? Because God is attempting to pour out His Spirit in a fresh way. God's trying to do something new. And we have to get hungry for God. And we have to get thirsty for God. And we have to say, you know what, God, I'm not going to be satisfied with the status quo anymore. Wouldn't it be boring to just do the same old thing over and over and over again for the rest of your life? Some people call that security. I call that a bore. <laughs> Hallelujah. So then we go on. Let's, let's go on through this chapter. Verses uh, 8 through 9, we're talking about about, you know, practicing the presence of God. Verses 1 through 2, we talked about how that we have the longing for the house of God. Uh, verses 3 and 4, we talked about the blessing that dwells upon the house of the Lord. Uh, verses those that go to the house of the Lord. Verses 5 through 7, we talked about how that we need to be careful where we, where we draw from. And then verses, verses uh, 8 and 9, here's what the Bible says, O Lord God of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob. Behold, O God, our shield, and look up on the face of thine anointed. What is that saying? What that saying is that we need to look up on the face of, of God, of Jesus, of Jesus, not God, of Jesus. Because looking upon the face of thine anointed, Jesus Christ, Christ means the anointed one in his anointing. That's what Christ means. Christ means the anointed one. So Jesus Christ is Jesus, the only begotten Son of God who is anointed by God. So He is the anointed one. And so the way that revival comes when we get in the presence of God is we seek to gaze upon Him. 
We seek to gaze upon Him. We seek to gaze upon Him through worship. We seek to gaze upon Him through praise. We seek to gaze upon Him as we reach for Him. You know, it was yesterday morning I was sitting at the table over at the house getting ready to come to the office and we open the offices at 9 o'clock. Sometimes I get here a little bit early and sometimes I just let somebody else open the door to be frankly honest with you. But I'm sitting there and I'm working on my laptop and uh, getting ready to close it and come over and uh, my grandbaby was there. And she was fussing. Little Miss Fussy Fussy. Fussy Wussy Wussy Fussy Fussy Fussy. Susie had her. Probably why she was fussing, because Susie had her. No. Susie had her. Susie picks her up, takes her from the living room, starts walking down the hallway, and as she's walking down the hallway, she locks on me and immediately quits fussing and just watches me as they walk all the way down the hall. Finally, Susie just turned around. She looked at her, and she looked at me, and she came over, and she just gave me the baby. She said, you're what she wants. That's right. So I held her till she started fussing and gave her back to Susie. <laughs> well, what would happen if we gazed upon God like that? What would happen if we reached for Him like that? What would happen if, if, if He got our focus? What would happen if He captured our attention? What would happen if we would get to the point where spiritually we would get fussy if we felt like we didn't have His attention? What would happen if we got to the point where nothing would satisfy except the presence of God, the manifestation of the presence of God, the attention of God? What would happen if we would just say, you know what, I'm not, I'm not going to be satisfied and I'm not going to settle for anything less than revival? What would happen? I'll tell you what would happen. God would pour out His Spirit from heaven like rain. That's what would happen. The power of God would come into this place and people would, would see their need to give their life to Jesus Christ. We'd start seeing those that we've been praying for to give their life to Christ to come and give their life to Jesus. Not because we manipulated them through prayer, no, but because through our worship and because through our praise. The Bible said that the, cre the creature groans for the Creator. And so when the presence of God is moving and the glory of God is moving back and forth and, and the ways of God's glory is, there is something in, in humanity, something in God's creation that is attracted to the move of God. It's not something that I can explain. It's not something that anyone else can explain. But when the Creator shows up on the scene to manifest itself, the creation automatically goes to Him like a magnet. The move of God is not going to come because we put together a great program. The move of God is not going to come because we just had great uh, uh, services or maybe we had great meals or maybe we you know, did an adopt-a-block program and all that kind of stuff. We can show the love of God. We can reach out to lost people. We can reach out to hungry people. We can be the hands of Jesus. We can be the heart of Jesus. We can be the feet of Jesus. We can be the eyes of Jesus. We can do all of these types of things. But the move of God is not going to come because we're doing those things. 
The move of God only comes when people get hungry and when they say, you know what, I am tired of the status quo and I'm not going to be satisfied with it anymore. I'm go- God, I, I'm going after you. God, I'm pursuing you. I'm pursuing your gaze. I'm pursuing your attention. I'm pursuing the anointing. God, I want your power in my life. And we began to seek his face instead of his hand. We start seeking His face instead of His hand. That means we're not seeking His provision, we're seeking His attention. We're not seeking His provision, we're seeking His attention. We don't serve God for what He can do for us. We serve God because of the relationship that He gave to us because of what He's already done for us. So it has nothing to do with what He can do for us. It has everything to do with what He's done for us already. And let me tell you something. What he's done for us is enough. If we can just access everything that Jesus has done for us and everything that God has done for us, we'll leave satisfied. It takes a longing. It takes a hunger. It takes a desire. It takes a crucifying of the flesh. It takes us laying down my want to and this is the way that I think things ought to be and this is the way that it's got to be and if God's going to do it then this is how God's going to have to do it and God's going to have to do it on my timetable and God's going to have to do it when it's convenient for me and God's going to... No. No, He's God, you're not. All due respect. He's God, you're not. We get on His timetable, He doesn't get on ours. Now, Verses 10 and 11 says, For a day in thy courts is better than a thousand. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord will give grace and glory, and no good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. So, a day in the presence of God. Verse number 10, For a day in thy courts or in thy presence is better than a thousand. And what the inference there is, is it's better than a thousand without your presence. So a day in your presence is better than a thousand. I had rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. So in other words, Lord, I would rather just stand back there and just open the door and say, welcome to the house of the Lord. I would rather do that than go out here and have the most successful business in the world or live in the most beautiful home and and that be my God. You know, there's nothing wrong with that, but that be my God and all of that. No, he said, listen, it's more important for me to be in the presence of God than it is for anything else. In, in the outward manifestation of your presence. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. I don't have my glasses on, so I can't see your expressions. I'm just preaching. Okay. For the Lord, and I think you're with me because I can hear you. For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. He's a sun and a shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. Grace is... God's ability to do in you and for you what you can't do in yourself. Glory is the ambience of God. It's the never-ending presence of God. So the Bible said the Lord will give grace and glory. That tells me that I can be protected by God, that He will shield me from my enemies, that I can live in His ability, and I can enjoy His presence. Enjoy His presence. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. Now, let me say something about that right now. 
We're, we're winding down, but let me say something about that right now. A lot of people, they get all upset about, well, I didn't get my blessing from the Lord. Well, the Bible said no good thing would he withhold from them that walk uprightly. Well, you know what? I do what I know that I'm supposed to do. I, you know, I, it's like the Pharisees. You know, I tithe once a week and I, I give to the poor and all of these kinds of things and all of that. That's a Pharisaical spirit. Do you really think that you can purchase what you need from God with your money? Okay, you say, well, I'll just fast then. Do you think you can purchase what you need from God with a sandwich? Do you? No, 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 no. Listen, it takes living right and it takes walking right. Help me, Lord. I said it takes living right and it takes walking right. Some people say, well, it's not by works of righteousness which we have done, but it's according to His mercy that He saved us. That's true. You don't have to pay anything for your salvation. Jesus paid it all, all to Him I owe. But if you're going to live for God and you're going to experience the blessing of God and you're going to experience the favor of God and you're going to have the blessing of the Lord in your life, it's going to cost you something. You're going to have to live right, honey. You're going to have to walk right. You're going to have to get into the Word of God. And God's Word is not a taskmaster. It's not hard. Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. That's what He says. Come and let's talk about this. Let us reason together. Take my yoke upon you. Take my teachings upon you and learn of me. For my yoke or my teachings are easy and my burden is light. It's not hard to live by the precepts of the Word of God if you fall in love with God. That's the key. Got to be in love with the Lord. You don't have to convince someone to come to church who really loves God. You ain't got to go check on them and knock on the door, all of this kind of stuff. One guy... He'd been here for quite some time right when we first got here and he quit coming to church. He was gone for three weeks. I saw him out. He said, well, I thought my preacher would probably come and check on me. I said, well, how come? He said, well, he said, I, I, I hadn't been there for three weeks. Well, I knew what he was doing. I didn't dare even pick up the phone to call him. I wasn't going to feed that spirit. I knew what he was doing. He said, well, he said, the Bible says that you're supposed to go after the sheep that's lost. I said, well, you weren't lost. <laughs> I said, I knew where you were, and you knew where I was, and furthermore, I know what you were up to. I said, you used to be in a church boss. And I said, you just need to know, this and right here, I don't put up with church bosses. He's the boss. He's the boss. He's like, mm, like that, you know, grunts a little bit. I told him, I said, stop it, you sound like an old bear. He laughed at me. He said, you want some biscuits and gravy? I said, yeah. So we went into his house and ate biscuits and gravy. But, <laughs> well, why not? I mean, why not? Sometimes you just have to have a very real conversation every now and then, right? A very real conversation every now and then. Verse number 12, O Lord of hosts, blessed. Somebody say blessed. That's me. Tell them, say, that's me. Blessed is the man that does what? Trusteth in thee. You know, you might as well just trust him. 
well, how do I trust the Lord? The same way that you trust all the bad stuff that's going on around you, the, oh, that's going to get me, that's going to get me, that's trust. You've just got your trust in the wrong direction. You just as well trusted the Lord. The Bible said in, in Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5, 6, and 7, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own, own understanding and all your ways acknowledge Him and He will direct your paths. Is this clean in your clock? Because you keep reaching over there, touching Rita. That's, the, that's the, one of the first verses you made me memorize. I would complain and she's like, wait, 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 wait. Memorizing first. That's right. That. It's awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. So let's get hungry for God, okay? Let's get hungry for God. Just because it's the middle of the summertime and it's Wednesday night and the crowds aren't what they usually are, you know, Later, other parts of the year doesn't mean that we can't experience the move of the Lord I mean my goodness let's not focus on those that aren't here let's focus on those that are here and you know who's he's here so we might as well just worship him we might as well just praise him when you come next week come ready to worship the Lord come ready to praise the Lord I thank the Lord that we live in a place where we can we have the ability to earn an income to go on vacation now, I'm not going to find fault with you when you run off on vacation. You don't find fault with me when I run off on vacation, okay? All right, let's stand to our feet. Thank you for joining us on Working the Word. For more information, go to our website at www.suncoast4, and that's the number 4jesus.tv. You may also write us at 12637 Pony Lane, Hudson, Florida, 34669. Or you may call us at 727 727- 856-1770. Our office hours are Monday through Wednesday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., Thursdays, 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. And remember, the Word will work if you work the Word.